You are listening to TKO on CFRU Radio 93.3 FM in Guelph, Ontario and available worldwide at CFRU.ca. What is happening, everybody? What is good? It's your girl, Janan, right here on TKO. As you already know, here on TKO, all we talk about is mixed martial arts, also known as MMA and other combat sports, too. We also discuss the issues that surround the world of fighting and talk about notable athletes, how they got started in the game, and, of course, where they are now. So... What is happening with you guys out there? Happy International Fight Week! Yeah, you already know, man. Today's going to be very, very special. I'm sure not just me, but all other combat sports fans out there have been waiting for this particular week to finally come up. It's the first week of July. And like I said, ever since New Year's, I've been looking forward to today... To our episode today during International Fight Week because we all know how phenomenal of fight cards are going to be featured during International Fight Week specifically in the UFC. So today, like we said last week, we're going to be thoroughly breaking down UFC 239, which is obviously like most um, big cards do happen. It's going to happen in Las Vegas and it's going to be headlined by a great bout between John Jones and Tiago Santos. And not only that, but the whole fight card, not just talk about the main card, but also the preliminaries, they are stacked with talented, talented fighters. So that is what we're going to be mainly breaking down today. Um, today is going to be very breakdown heavy, I should say. So make sure that you're prepared. And even if you're not, it's okay because by the end of today's episode, I'm sure you will all be super prepared to watch UFC 239 on Saturday night on July 6th. And yeah, I will I will um, let you know about everything you need to know in case you want to bet some money on some people, on your favorite fighters, or in case you're just interested in who's who, who's good at what, and what we think is going to happen in each bout. Okay, now before we get started, man, let's just update you guys uh, about the world, so... Yeah, I know I've been kind of going off track with some non-MMA and combat sports related stuff, including stuff related to basketball, but I still want to put this out there because I'm personally really, really excited about this. So as we all know, our, our Lord and Savior, Kawhi Leonard, he is supposed to be making his decision regarding what team he will be joining for this new season in the NBA. Is he going to be staying with the Raptors? Or is he going to betray the Raptors and go over to Los Angeles to either play for the Lakers or the Clippers? Now, that is the ultimate question indeed. And yeah, so Kawhi just had a meeting with the Raptors. Actually, that was the last meeting that he, that he was going to have regarding all the decisions that he's uh, potentially going to make. So I believe in the beginning of this week, he met up with the Clippers, representatives from the Clippers and also the Lakers. But the last team that he met up with was indeed the Raptors. Now, it is all dependent on what Kawhi is going to do and what decision he's going to make. And we've been told that he'll be making his final decision in the upcoming days very, very soon. 
Now, of course, as Canadians, we all want Kawhi Leonard to stay with the Raptors because if it weren't because of Kawhi, I mean, we wouldn't be where we are right now as NBA champions. Of course, that is a given fact. But again, people, please, let's not forget that we need to give Kawhi his privacy. I'm sure you've been told this through and through on social media, on Twitter, uh, everywhere. So I know it's super exciting to know what Kawhi is going to do. And, you know, when, when stuff like this goes down as, as sports fans, as diehard sports fans, we just want to see what's going to happen next. And we can really wait. It's almost like celebrity gossip. We just want to see what happens next, what he's doing right now, what he's thinking about right now. But let's not forget that Kawhi Leonard... Yes, he is a fun guy, but he is a human being after all, and he deserves to have his own privacy. So let's just give him his private space and let him just um, think about this very important decision in his own privacy. And let's not bug him anymore. I'm sure he will give us his final thoughts in a matter of a few days. So, yeah. Give him his privacy, but again, shout out to Kawhi Leonard. I love him so much. I'm sure we all do, and I hope he makes the best decision. Wink, wink. Yeah, so this is for Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, okay. So now, huh, I'm trying to think if there's anything else going on in the world of uh, Canadian sports. Uh, not really. Unfortunately, our, our women's soccer team was also eliminated from the Women's World Cup, which was super sad because I really did believe in our team. Um, shout out to Christine Sinclair. She is one of the best uh, female Canadian soccer players right now, of course, has been for years and years. And uh, unfortunately, we were eliminated uh, from the Women's World Cup, but it's okay Things do happen, and we will learn, and we will come back stronger than ever in the next World Cup. Okay, so I think that's all we have in terms of Canadian sports. I don't know why I wanted to cover that, but it was just at the back of my mind, and I kind of wanted to bring it up on the show. So, yeah, sure, why not? Okay, anyway, now, <laughs> yes, we can finally get right into what you've all been waiting for. The breakdown for UFC 239, and I better get started pretty quick because we have so many bouts to break down today. I believe I, we have the whole main card to break down for you guys today. So now, without further ado, let's get started. <laughs> Oh, yeah. And also, shout out to, um, I mean, this is not a real entity, but shout out to our show tag because I love it so much. TKO. Shout out to the anonymous lady who says TKO. We love her so much. (laughs) Anyway, so now let's get right into it. Okay, so I'm just going to briefly preview the bouts that are going to be happening for the main card of this UFC 239 fight court in Las Vegas on July 6th. So the main event, of course, like I said, is going to be between the current light heavyweight champion at the UFC. Many regard him as one of the greatest MMA fighters of all time. The one and only John Jones, he'll be fighting off against the title challenger, a very dangerous fella, Tiago Santos. So that's your main event of the evening, followed by the co-main event of the evening, or rather the co-feature, as some of the uh, boxing announcers would say. We have, this is really exciting because I'm personally really excited about this particular bout. It's going to be a championship fight between the current women's bantamweight and the current women's featherweight champion at the UFC. 
Who else other than Amanda Nunes who will be fighting off against the preacher's daughter, Holly Holm? Okay, so that's your co-main event of the evening, followed by, I would say this is the people's sort of co-main slash main event because it's also a very very exciting fight even though it's not for any sort of championship or what have you but it is a very very interesting and i bet it's going to be a very entertaining fight it is about between ben Askren and jorge masvidal oh my god okay i'm so excited to break down this particular bout and that is also followed by a bout between Luke Rockhold and Jan Blakovich, which is also really interesting. We have Luke Rockhold, the former uh, middleweight champion of the UFC, fighting off against Jan Blakovich. Okay, that is also very exciting. And the last fight on the main card, or should I say, yeah, the first fight on the main card. So I, I was going backwards, like in reverse. So going from the main event to the very first fight on the main card, which is the fight between Michael Chiesa and Diago Sanchez. Okay, so that's uh, all we have for the main event. And uh, I'm sure we're not going to have enough time to thoroughly break down some of the fights that are happening on the preliminary card, but I'm just going to briefly mention a few that are happening. Uh, Gilbert Melendez is going to be fighting on the preliminary card, which is great because we haven't seen him fight in such a long time. He's been busy with the Diaz brothers, um, Nate and Nick Diaz. Um, Yeah, but we haven't really seen him fight in in such a long time. So it's great to have him back. Uh, Who else? Yes. So one of my all-time favorites, one of my all-time strawweight uh, fighters, we have Claudia, uh, excuse me, Claudia Gadelia, uh, who's going to be re- fighting off against Canada's very own Ronda Marcos. Okay, it's gonna be very, very exciting as well. And yeah, so now without further ado, let's get started. Oh, okay, so. Okay, I really want to get started with the main event of the evening in case we run out of time and we don't really have to. Uh, we don't really have enough time to thoroughly break down the main event because, of course, it's a main event. You guys deserve to know all about it. So first of all, I'm gonna get started with the main event between John Jones and Tiago Santos. Now, last week, if you do recall, we really in in a lot of detail we talked about. Some of the controversy that is surrounding um, this bout, and specifically John Jones himself. Again, I'm going to briefly just bring it up, not going to talk about it in too much detail because we're going to get off track again. But John Jones, you guys recall, well, of course, he's uh, ever since he's been fighting in the UFC, um, for for most of his fights, uh, he has been the, the light heavyweight champion. Uh, I believe at the time that he captured the light heavyweight championship at the UFC, he was declared to be the youngest ever champion in the UFC. He got the light heavyweight championship at the age of 23, which is phenomenal. Like you have, you really do have to be a phenom to to become the champion in the UFC at that age. So yes, because of that, we all know that John Jones has always been regarded as this like prodigal son and this this perfect mixed martial artist and um everybody's been regarding him as one of the greatest of all time he's been the goat of the uh, of the world of mma for such a long time however because of some of the things that have been happening outside the octagon in his life some of the legal issues that he's been going through 
and specifically as of recently because of some of the things um, that he has been doing to his body with regards to performance-enhancing substances, he's been receiving a lot of backlash. And, uh, of course, the controversy never stops with John Jones because especially... Well, of course, he's had many suspensions uh, due to... Uh, all the things that I just talked about, some of the things that he's been dealing with outside the octagon, but because of his most recent case, which was a test that he tested positive for, for a performance-enhancing substance, he had been suspended for about two years, I believe. But when he came back, he came back, you guys recall, last year, towards the end of the year, in December of 2018, against Alexander Gustafsson, Everybody thought that John Jones was going to be coming back cleaner than ever. You know, there's no way that we have to worry about John Jones having substances in his bloodstream. But lo and behold, that is exactly what happened because when USADA, when the United States Anti-Doping Agency tested John Jones's blood samples again, they found some trace amounts of this performance-enhancing substances metabolites that were be- being released in a pulsatile manner in John Jones's body. So I don't know about you, but it sounded super fishy to me, especially I've said it many, many times on the show. If you do the science, if you really do put time into it and do the science, just compare the numbers that USADA gives you regarding the metabolites that were found in John Jones's bloodstream versus if he really stopped taking those performance-enhancing substances at the time and day that he said we really stopped. You know, the numbers don't quite match up. And like I said, things are a bit fishy. Anyhow, so for the past few fights that John Jones has had, which includes, like I said, the fight that he had against Alexander Gustafsson, And especially the most recent fight that he's had against Anthony Smith, which you guys recall, it was in March. Um, There were still some trace amounts of that metabolite in his bloodstream. However, uh, we have not received any reports as of right now that those metabolites are still present in John Jones's body. Mm, Okay, like uh, it's still a bit suspicious but okay i will trust usada i'll give them the benefit of the doubt uh yeah let's just roll with the fact that john jones is clean for this fight but now let's finally talk about the fighting aspect of this whole bout the athleticism of it and what each guy is going to bring into the bout so like i said john jones uh because of uh, there's there's a reason why a lot of people regard him as one of the greatest of, of all time. And I'm sure if you are a diehard MMA fan, you probably know why. Because John Jones is probably one of the most unorthodox fighters that you will see ever. Um, or that has been fighting in, in the whole history of MMA, I would say. When John Jones comes in, you don't you don't see him have a specific pattern in his in his style of fighting every time he comes into the octagon he does something different you can't really look at john jones and say okay now he's gonna go for that particular stance he's gonna throw this special combo he's gonna do this and that and then he's gonna do that to his opponent you can never predict what john jones is gonna do to his opponents and the way he delivers 
those moves, those those strikes, it's so seamless and smooth that you just want to see him watch. Like, you just want to see him do all that and you won't even realize that it's all happening because he does it so smoothly. It's like as if he's doing it without thinking, yet his body knows what he's doing, if that makes sense. So, yes, like I said, John Jones is a very unorthodox fighter. And I surely do not mean that in a bad way. I mean, of course, uh, there's a lot of controversy surrounding John Jones, like I said, but that doesn't really... Um, I feel like we should, sep- as the fans, we should separate those things from a person's athleticism and that person's um, like sports career. Because right now we're just talking about sports and how good of a fighter each each person is. So with regard, excuse me, with regards to that, John Jones is definitely one of the best guys to ever fight, not just in the light heavyweight division, but in the whole roster of the UFC. So yes, on one hand, you have John Jones, who has everything you want in a mixed martial artist. He's tall. Um, at the same time, he's muscular. And for his weight, he actually fights super fast. Or rather, he he doesn't always fight super fast, but he knows when to charge forward in a super fast manner. And it's really hard to put it in, into words because of how good John Jones is. Okay, if he needs to, he will take his time to figure out his opponent. If he needs to, again, he can quickly charge forward, throw something out of the blue that you can't even think of, and just do it in a matter of half a second. That's how good John Jones is. So like I said, he has everything that you would want in a really good mixed martial artist. Of course, he's one of the greatest mixed martial martial artists of all time. So like I said, on one hand, you have John Jones. And then on the other hand, you have Tiago Santos, who is a very interesting fella because, yes, he's been fighting for such a long time. And I feel like a lot of people have been overlooking him and how good of a fighter he is as well. Especially because, listen, I feel like he's always been overshadowed by some of the other guys in the light heavyweight division and also in the middleweight division because um, Tiago Santos has been fighting in both of these divisions. So because of that, because he's switching back and forth between different weight divisions, and he can't really... You know, he's never really gotten to a point that he he was going to fight the uh, top five um, contenders. This is like this is the moment for him because he's just about to do that. And right now, finally, he's going to fight for the title. So, yes, David, excuse me, not David Ranch, but Tiago Santos. He's always been good in his professional career. But like I said, he's just been overshadowed by some of the other people in the weight divisions that he was fighting because at the time that he was fighting, there were so many other hot guys that were um, uh, fighting on those on those weight divisions. And um, uh, he was almost being overlooked by those um, talented fighters. But now uh, (laughs) uh, that era is over and it is time for Tiago Santos to shine. Now, a lot of people are saying that we're going to see an upset uh in this bout between john jones and tiago santos because tiago santos like i said uh he's been very very underestimated and if he comes out very prepared and shocks john jones with the stuff that he's going to present to him in the bout then of course we're going to see an upset and um yeah it would be very very interesting because like I said, John Jones has been has always been this figure who has been 
thought of as being invincible, especially in the when the cage closes and it's all in the octagon, then he's definitely you don't want to mess with John Jones. But right now, yeah, the ultimate question is, is Tiago Santos going to shock the world on Saturday night and finally give John Jones the very first loss of his professional MMA career? And I'll give you some reasons as to why Tiago Santos might actually, in fact, shock the world and defeat John Jones, potentially, because he's a very powerful striker for his weight division. And the way that he delivers his his um, shots is that, first of all, like I said, they're super powerful, but also alongside, his shots are super accurate, and he throws them at such a appropriate speed so they're not super slow that you can see them coming and you can dodge away from those punches they're just at the right speed that you you do probably see them coming but you don't have enough time to react you don't have enough reaction time to to get into defensive mode and do something about it by the time your brain orders your body to do something about it you're you're already down cold on the canvas and you're you're out right? That's how good of a striker Tiago Santos is. And so because of that, I don't know if John Jones in his professional career has ever been exposed to someone who would throw as accurate and um, powerful shots as Tiago Santos. I mean, of course, yes, John Jones, um, he's fought heavyweights actually like people that are heavyweights right now people like the current heavyweight champion Dan Cormier he's fought Cormier twice and Cormier is not the guy to to mess with because even though he prefers wrestling but he also throws a lot of heavy shots but even though he's been absorbing those heavy shots you know we don't know we don't know if that heavy shot was going to be thrown at the at the right angle and in the most precise way, was he going to go down? Well, if Tiago Santos is able to find that right angle and throws the shot that is going to knock out, potentially knock out John Jones, or at least just knock him down, then I feel like that would be really interesting to see. So, I mean, obviously, it's probably too late to give recommendations to Tiago Santos. But if he has actually worked on that and uh, worked on figuring out how to deliver a perfect punch so that he can potentially at least just knock down John Jones, then I feel like he's going to be in, in a good place to at least start this fight against John Jones. But yeah, overall, I'm really, really excited for this fight because you're going to see two of the best guys in the light heavyweight division. And... It's going to be a showcasing of, of just talent overall. Yeah, it's definitely not going to be a boring fight. I can tell you that. And so now uh, I can be rest assured that you guys know a lot about this fight. And now we can finally move on to our co-main event of the evening, which I'm also super excited about because it's going to be another championship bout between Amanda Nunes and Holly Holm. Okay, so Amanda Nunes is the first ever champ champ, meaning she is currently holding two um, different weight division championships. She is currently the champion at the bantamweight division and also the featherweight division. But right now, uh, or rather on Saturday night, she'll be defending her bantamweight title against Holly Holm. So yeah, Amanda Nunes is a badass. 
Yeah. So the ultimate question is, is Amanda Nunes, because she hasn't really fought um, since last year. I mean, although she fought in December, but it's been quite a while since she last fought. Is her stamina, is her conditioning going to be ready for what Holly Holm is going to be presenting to her in this fight? Because I'm not sure if you've seen training videos of Holly Holmes, but Holly Holm looks very much in shape. She looks shredded and she's just so in shape. And I, I'm not sure if this is all it takes to break down Amanda Nunes. Because if you look at Amanda Nunes' recent fights, she hasn't lost since 2014. While on the other hand, yes, like I said, Holly Holm always looks to be in perfect shape for a fight. But if you look at her, okay, let's see, one, two, three, four, five. For her past five recent fights, three of them have been losses. Now, let you decide. I let you be the judge of figuring out what this means. Because, yes, okay, even though she might have the perfect conditioning, even though she looks like she can she can do CrossFit for 24 hours straight, is that all it takes to be a great mixed martial artist? Not just a striker, not just a kickboxer, not just a wrestler or just a practitioner. You need to have them all at once. And of course, the one thing that will integrate all of those things together is your fighting IQ. Would would excuse me, would Holly Holmes conditioning for this fight would it would it be all it takes to break down Amanda Nunes? Would it be the X factor that will break down Amanda Nunes and her perfect striking? And the fact that she knows where to throw that one punch to knock you out. Because listen, the last time Amanda Nunes fought a champion, it was when she was about to capture the featherweight championship title for herself when she was fighting off against Chris Cyborg, who was at the time the featherweight champion of the world. And everybody was saying that Cyborg was so invincible and that the level of conditioning that Cyborg was doing prior to that fight couldn't even compare to what Amanda Nunes was doing. Because Amanda Nunes, she was just working on her striking and just her regular fighting skills. While, while Chris Cyborg at the time, she was doing everything. She was running marathons and triathlons. And she was on top of it, she was doing like Olympic weightlifting on all of that stuff. But we saw what happened. In the very first round, Chris Cyborg, who we thought was super invincible, who thought who we all thought that she had the best conditioning at the time, she was knocked out in the very first round by Amanda Nunes. And in this fight, the question is, is the same thing going to happen to Holly Holm? Although Holly Holm has the best conditioning probably in the whole roster of women's like women's MMA in the UFC, is that all it takes to break down Amanda Nunes? Or is it going to be Amanda Nunes' skills that are going to be beating 
Holly Holmes's conditioning. I'm sorry if it sounded super like oxymoronish, but listen, that's that's uh, my true opinion about this fight because listen, as a, as a fan myself, I see Holly Holm in her conditioning, and I'm like, man. Is it really going to be it? Like, is is this the end of Amanda Nunes' era? Or is it all just going to come down to how great of, of a mixed martial artist a person can be? And I guess the answer to that question, we are going to get on Saturday night when these two phenomenal ladies are going to go at it for this Bantamweight Championship bout. Yeah, there you have that. I'm so pumped up. Yeah. But unfortunately, I'm just looking at the clock right now. Oh, I was so going to break down that Jorge Masvidal and Ben Askren fight. I'm just going to briefly talk about it. So Jorge Masvidal, we've seen uh, he has the potential to shock the world. Uh, Yes. But at the same time, we're going to be having Ben Askren, who is a world champion. Well, he was the, uh, the champion at one championship, which is another MMA organization. This is going to be the second fight that he's going to be having in the UFC. And on top of that, he is he has been holding many world championship uh, titles for wrestling. So, yes, Ben Askren is a phenomenal wrestler. But Jorge Masvidal, he, he's just a brawler, man. He started from uh, fighting in the streets. And um, you can't really beat that in terms of um, just for, for someone to come into a fight and to, to not be... Uh, uh, willing to give up at all and just just keep coming forward regardless of what the opponent is presenting that is very dangerous so again I'm really excited to see how things are going to go down between Jorge Masvidal and Ben Askren as well I'm sorry if I if I ranted a bit too much today because you know when I get excited about something I just I can keep talking about it for for uh like 24 hours so anyhow uh, I hope you guys know all you all, all you want and all you need in regards to UFC 239 which is again happening um, this Saturday on July 6th and with that unfortunately that is all the time we're gonna have for this week you guys already know make sure you go to cfru.ca to catch up with our previous episodes and until next time Yeah, it's your girl Janan right here, and this is TKO. Peace out.